In just a moment, we're uh, going to take communion together. And before we do that, I want to kind of set up our time. And so if you, you wouldn't mind just taking a seat for a second. Um, uh, we call it communion or, or the Lord's Supper because um, on the night Jesus was betrayed, he started a, a new tradition. Uh, let us always remember and may we never forget what he has done for us. Uh, and so on the night before he went to the cross to suffer the greatest agony, and by the way, the greatest agony that was ever faced wasn't the nails in his hands. It wasn't the spear to his side and the crown of thorns on his head. The greatest agony came in the moment when the full wrath of God came upon him as the payment of every wrong thing that we have done. And when the Father, for the first time in all of eternity, looked away, and there was broken and separateness in the Godhead that had never been before. Because in that moment, Jesus took all the pain and all the brokenness and all the shame onto himself. And so the night before he was betrayed, he, he took bread and he broke it. And he began to pass it around to his disciples of let us always remember and never forget this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and then he took the cup. He said this is the cup of the new covenant. It was a, it was a wine and he looks at them and it was the new covenant because it was a new way that as a result of that work on the cross, but not just that he died, but that he rose again, defeating sin, death, and Satan, that we can come to God in a radically new way. So this is the cup of my covenant, that no longer do you have to somehow try to work or earn your way to God, but I have done the work you have done what you could never do. And so as long as you gather together in my name, do this. Take the bread. Take the cup. And remember. Let us always remember. May we never forget. That we have a God who's for us. It's what we've been saying in an unnoticed grace. How for you is he? He came, took on human flesh, allowed his creation to beat him, mock him, kill him. That's how for he, for you he is. He's so for you that he came. For you. He died for you. And
and he rose again to new life that you might have new life. And when we take communion, that is what we celebrate. Every time, let us do it in remembrance. May we always remember, let us never forget. May that truth for some has grown cold and stale and mundane, and yet it is the most incredible, brilliant news this earth has ever heard. You know, in our series, Unnoticed Grace, we have a shorthand way of saying this. We said, for, not from. As a result, from, not for. It's what we celebrate in taking the elements, that God is fundamentally for you. He is so for you, and he wants that far more than what he wants from you. And as a result, we live from blessing, not for blessing. From approval, not for approval. From significance, not for significance. You already have it. And some of you came in this morning questioning your worth, questioning your value, wondering what's really going on trying to somehow prove that you're worthy. And you have a God who says you're worthy. I, have, I declare you worthy. I, I just want to read a passage out of Romans chapter 8 that, that speaks to this truth that we celebrate in communion. Just for, not from. The Apostle Paul writes, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And he goes on, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he, uh, he also glorified. What shall we then say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? I wonder what would change in your life if you truly believed that God was for you. How for you is he? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And when we celebrate communion, we celebrate the God who is not holding anything back from you. Graciously. He says, man, I, I want to bestow all the blessings of heaven on you. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, maybe for some why you're here. He goes on to say this, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? For some, you're, you walked in condemned. You walked in feeling guilty. You walked in feeling shame. You walked in feeling like, man, I don't. But I love what he says. 
It is God who justifies. Not you. Not your good deeds. Not your bad deeds. Not your measuring up. God. His work. Justified, literally, it's your right standing with God. It's just as if I'd never sinned. When God sees you as a follower, as a son, or as a daughter of the king, he sees Jesus. Oh, that we would see that too. Who is it? he that condemns? Question mark. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Right now, Jesus is interceding on your behalf. For, not from. Now check this out. As a result, from. Not for. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Notice that right now, currently, you may not feel like it, but it's true because Jesus conquered. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We take communion that we may always remember, that we never forget. We have a God who is fundamentally for us. And, by the way, we take communion from a place of beloved. From love, not for love. You're loved. You are. You're the object of God's affection and attention and delight. You bring Him great joy. There's no earning it. There's nothing you can do, I just read, that can cause you to lose it. From love. So I invite you to take communion with us or the Lord's Supper, however you want to call it, and just simply take that bread and dip it into the, uh, the juice there. And there's two stations here and one over there. And, and just... Go as you feel led as we continue in worship. But, but if you're having a hard time embracing that God's for you, and that you walk and live and breathe from a place of love, that you are beloved daughter, son, would you just sit there for a little bit? Just maybe you need to read that passage over and over and just allow the truth and say, God, I just need this. What would change in your life if you fundamentally believed that God is for you? I'm going to pray for us. We'll continue in worship, and then I invite you to take communion during this next season. God, thank you. Thank you that you're for us. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you did for us what we could never do on our own. 
Thank you that you've chosen us, that you've adopted us, that you've invited us in into the grand mystery of your love and relationship. Thank you that you make us whole and new. And so we celebrate and we remember, and may it not be dull or old, but may it be new and fresh, the wonder of your great love. Thank you for Jesus.